Hey, hey, hey. How you doing, people? This is part of my interview series for Dougie Stone Radio. I'm Kurt Pickstone. And on today's interview special, it's Steve Bonham and The Long Road. Amazing band. Part of uh, Ken Meekin's stable. Oh, yeah. From Country Music Social Media. So I caught up with the guys. Uh, one of the band members is was or played with Saxon. So yeah, a bit of a a band of all shapes and sizes, and absolutely wonderful to talk to the guys about the lyrics, about some of the songs. We review some of their songs, where they've come from, what they're doing, what they should be doing. Anyway, sit back, relax, enjoy the show. If you listen on Mixcloud or Soundcloud, please come and join us. DougieStoneRadio.com. The Right, people, as part of the interview series that I'm currently doing for Dougie Stone Radio, I'm Kurt Pickstone from Dougie Stone Radio. If you don't know who I am, you soon will. So over the next coming weeks and months, I'm going to be interviewing lots of interesting artists, uh, promoters and people from all genres of music, from hip-hop to rap to, to country, you name it, we'll be talking to it. And today got an amazing band and i'm gonna let them introduce themselves right now so take it away guys who are you i am steve bonham yeah he's <laughs> i'm kev moore and i'm chris the bishop Lyman. brilliant the long road the long road wonderful and i've come across you through ken meekin of i need to give him a shout out because he works tirelessly of country music social media for amazing bands in the UK and across the pond and I've I've come to grow and love some of the artists that I would never have discovered if it wasn't for Ken so big shout out to Ken yeah, Meeker for shout out everything to Ken, yeah. that he does he's a lovely lovely guy a lovely human he is a lovely human so wonderful <laughs> so on this fine day that we find ourselves in what what <laughs> theme have you been on it might be lovely when this goes out but it's absolutely <laughs> pissing it down the minute so, Dogs are climbing trees up here, I can tell you. <laughs> yeah, they will be. Yeah. Maybe not... we should ask Kev, what's the weather like for you at the moment? Hmm? What's, the, what's the weather like where you are, Kev? Is it nice? Uh, it's uh, stunning because I'm over in Spain and it's uh, very sunny most of the time and it is today. Oh. That's why I'm stuck inside the studio. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Terrible, terrible. We're all stuck yeah. here in the UK in rain. So tell us a bit yeah. about, um, Steve, tell us a bit about the band and how it, how it all uh, came to fruition. Uh, well, like all like all good stories, it's a series of accidents, really. Uh, I've been playing, for, well, all my life. You know, I've never stopped. Started off doing uh, blues and rock and ended up being a folk singer for a while and uh, and then 20 years ago now, at least, I probably, I, I came across uh, Chris, who was um, scarcely born then, but was a great <laughs> people player. And uh, we've just done loads of stuff for ages. We, we, we uh, And then magically, five or six years ago, I, I bumped into my old mate from school, Kev. Kev was, you know, when we were all kids, he was the one who actually knew what he was doing. So quite rightly, he... He disappeared quite quickly off the, the scene and uh, mm. played with Saxon and Christie and Danish heavy metal bands and anyone you know, like to name. So uh, we all just sort of reunited by accident, I think, about six, seven years ago. And 
and we just work really well in the studio and really well live. It's been it's been an absolute blast. So these mm. these two are the proper musicians. <laughs> <laughs> don't be don't be modest, man. Don't be modest. I'm just the agitator. I, I think it was the Victoria Inn, wasn't it, Steve? Where I caught up with you after yeah. a long, uh, yeah, that was uh, the, it was a big rock venue in Derby called the, the Victoria Inn, and uh, I just finished doing a, a whole year of gigs, which were mostly about with Chris, mostly fundraising actually for. A friend who was a, a great bass player and he, he can't play anymore for various reasons so that was a that was the end of that and kev turned up to uh and then said yeah okay that sounds like you half know what you're doing now steve you've been taking 40 years but <laughs> i'm in <laughs> a late bloomer steve's a late bloomer but it doesn't matter does it? doesn't matter Cranky old bottles of wine. You know, leave it long enough and it'll taste of something. <laughs> yeah, either vinegar or a beautiful, a beautiful vintage. Yeah, but, but, either... but whatever, it'll be useful. Yeah, well, because you can either put it, you can either put it on your food or you can drink it with your food. So after that gig, the next time we saw Kev was in a studio, wasn't it? When we we, we went to Ireland a couple of months later, yeah, and yeah, we, were, yeah. we were recording in this tiny little recording studio that only ever really sees folk musicians. You know, very sort of gentle, quiet place, and Kev walks in, you know, six foot, whatever, looking a little bit terrifying to the, to the studio. <laughs> and he's like, right, what's this guy wearing, the, you know, the jewellery and the stuff around his neck and big black hair and tall, what's what's this heavy metal player <laughs> doing, in, doing my, in my studio? <laughs> quiet little, you know, Irish folk studio. Yeah, um, and, and I, can, I can understand that. I can get that. And it, it, yeah, straight away, Kev looks every bit of rock and roll. But you, if you said, what does rock and roll look like? You'd pull Kev out and go, here he is, rock yeah. and roll. Aren't you? Hey, is the Lemmy, yeah, is the Lemmy in your band, isn't he? So, yeah, I yeah, am the Lemmy. Crucifixes, I think he'd raised a few churches on his way in, actually. Well, then, then again, there's, there's, there's a great lesson for life, though, isn't it? Perception, you know. Yeah. Don't judge, oh, absolutely, don't judge yeah. a book by yeah, the cover. Within within seconds of Kev starting to play, the part the engineer was like, "Yeah, this guy knows what he's doing. He doesn't just look the part; he can do it as well." And if uh, you don't, and, and if you don't sell was... him that, he'll kill you. He'll <laughs> <laughs> nail you to a tree. Yeah. <laughs> Wonderful. That's, that's brilliant. I'll tell you what is, and that's why I like doing these interviews because I like to get to know, get under the skin of of what is going on and. I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll get because we've been we've only been we've not been going very long. And you talked about when you first met. So if we if we zip back to probably one of your first tracks that we obviously selected earlier on, which is Can uh, Canyons in the Desert. So we're going to play that in a minute. So what's this song about? And uh, is your story <laughs> yeah, behind it? <laughs> well, I'm excited to listen to this because Steve, what is this song about? Yeah, I'll tell you yeah, what. We, we, we'd like to know. Should we'd we like to know? Should we play it and you can make some nonsense up while yeah, Steve's playing? Some, I'll make right. Some yeah. Up. yeah. You've got three minutes. We'll be right it's back. Like, okay. When the wind is howling outside your door, friends you can count on. So sure, you find you standing on the wrong side of the road. Don't look down your heavy load. When you keep on singing, but you're getting it wrong. You remember the words, but have forgotten the song. When you 
can't make the choices from the things that they showed Girl, put down your heavy load Dragons in the night, turtles in the sea Canyons in the desert looking good to me Dancing on the boulevard way down in New Orleans Turn sideways to the sun and let the joker Let the joker steal the scene Playing now my uh, new country show on a Monday night, 6 p.m. If you want to join us on there, sorry, uh, a blatant plug. Yeah, I like what, it. I've been playing. I've been playing that on my new country show on a Monday evening, uh, and that's what I do: I showcase emerging artists, the latest tracks, and everything in between. So, cracking tune, like it, like it. When yeah, Steve yeah. sent me the lyrics, when Steve sent me the lyrics to that, it, it was um, it kind of. And a, and a basic sort of guitar backing back into it. It was um, another one of his uh journeys lyrically where you sort of think what what that where is he going with this story and and it it helps me actually come up with my um music musical parts for these things because it suggests something very strange to me so i i sort of go off in that direction then you know um and and depending on the the, the tenor of the lyric uh depends on whether i stay a bit mainstream or lose my mind you know <laughs> Yeah, I, I, it, well, uh, it, you can't ever answer. I can never answer a question. What's the song about? Unless it's specifically uh, like a, yeah, something I've seen. Yeah. But that was quite a weird one. I I think I just got back from a very weird time in the states. I'd been trekking uh, through Appalachia, through Tennessee, and you know, it's like being getting in the TARDIS and coming out in the Old Testament to go to that part of the world. You know, it, it it's a part of the world where they, you know, still have church ceremonies where they play with poisonous snakes you know um uh people are making crack cocaine up in the woods i mean it's a it's a hardcore 
place, you know. And the only decent buildings are the Baptist chapels. Everyone else is falling down and yeah. it's great poverty. And where would the lyric come from? I don't know. It was that was going on in my head. It was kind of saying to to people, "It's going to be all right, really," yeah. even though it's kind of mad. Yeah. Uh, and then I don't know. I was, I was actually lying on the settee. I think somebody probably put something narcotic in my cocoa. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> it has got that sound to it. And the music's got that sound to it, like a mystical. And what you was you were saying, Kev? Yeah, you can. Yeah. I can tell why you've gone with that. Um, that sound to it because on the on youtube and that you do you do a chat about what you're about and what and that really yeah. that really grabbed me i really liked it about a feeling uh-huh. yeah about i think you sang the demo lying down on the settee didn't you steve i did i did i mean the whole yeah. thing i got my legs had stopped moving but um <laughs> it was you know a bit i think and i have there are I look at my kind of songwriting life there are it's not like I've ever followed a genre or uh, a particular artist, but particular songs stay with me. Mm. And Riders on the Storm by the Doors is like one oh, of those things that wow, yeah. stays in my head. Mm. What a track. Well, and it is. Yeah. It's got it's so moody. Mm. And what Kev did to there and then Chris did there is weirdly they they put a huge amount of space in that song. Mm. Yeah, know, it's all about the space, it, that song. It's, yeah. just, it, it's full of dark corners uh because i didn't they didn't go right here we are it's a rock song full on you know they just both laid back and made these sounds I mean, I think kept the playing the top past the nut of his guitar at one point <laughs> you know yeah. so that's the bit you don't play for most people but yeah it was, it was one of those before we went to the studio it was one of those songs that we weren't really sure how uh you know how it was going to fall together because I, 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 I don't think we played it together I don't think we'd rehearsed that one. I think that was one of the ones that we'd had in bits that we thought, well, we'll we'll have to put that one together to do it. Um, yeah. But the and I think that Steve's right. The, the idea of there being space for me, it's the um, it's the sort of uh, it doesn't feel that it's close to me. It feels like it's big. It feels expansive. It feels like a landscape to me. Mm. Um, and the the sounds that Kev's making on the guitars with various effects and harmonics and you know high things and adding reverb and delay and stuff it just adds to this ex- expanse for me um, but then there's mm. sometimes when you when you feel it does feel like you're dead close in because the uh, things like the um the, the the intensity that ramps up in that chorus yeah. uh, I, I just I, I just love it and things start things do start sort of get closer in at that point but then it releases again then it releases back, again yeah yeah and you're back out yeah. in you know the, the wilderness and I, yeah. I, that's the sensation I get from it. And it's from, I think it's amazing that, you know, you can make those sort of things appear in people's heads from, you know, yeah, play, you're play, right. play notes on a on piano and guitar. Well, it does feel like that to me as a listener, um, especially because you've got the title, haven't you? You've the title of it, Canyons in the Desert, and then you start listening mm. to it and that... that that title takes you to that place anyway. I've never yeah. been in uh, those desert areas, someplace I'd love to go, and I can imagine it is like mm-hmm. going into a different world because you go to the States, I've been to a few places in the States, and it's amazing how it changes from one place to the other, isn't it? You know, it's just... I think that's the beauty of song, though, that it can allow your mind to travel there. I mean, you look at some of the early lyrics of somebody like Bernie Taupin, who who gave painted landscapes of... of of America, and he'd never been away from Norfolk or somewhere, yeah. you know. Yeah. And it's it's fascinating what you can do with that, with with your mind, you know. 
Well, yeah, mu- mu- and that's what music does, doesn't it? It, tran- it transcends yeah. across cultures and all bel- everything, doesn't it? And it also, yeah. what I like about it, it takes you to a place. So if you've got a you've been to, you've got a track that you've listened to in a certain place, um, and then you hear it many years later, it'll transfer. It's like a time machine, isn't it? Music. It'll take yeah. you straight back to that place. Even that feeling, everything. It'll take you right back to that point. Um, yeah, yeah. It's, it's bizarre how the human mind works and how emotion and emotive music is. And of course, it's why they use music in therapy so much. You know? Yeah, 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 yeah. There's been a lot of things with people that have suffered from really severe dementia, don't they? And they play music yeah. to them, yeah. and that person yeah. who's lifeless stood sat there will start being happy singing. And as soon as they take their Absolutely. headphones off, it's almost like a robot's been switched. It's bit, it's bizarre. It's the bizarrest thing. So, yeah, I think it's just a human thing and it's to create music. Wow. So, have you been, obviously, everything's been off the cards. Was you plan to be doing any um, touring? Yeah, we had quite a few gigs lined up both together. And um, I mean, we actually had to postpone the, um, the you know, the, the, the old fashioned launch of the, uh, the EP. You know, we do two gigs in Derbyshire and London and over in Ireland. Um, but and then I had gigs in York. I mean, it's quite I had quite a nice little roster of stuff lined up. But mm. uh, you know, we're taking a risk. I mean, we just confirmed that we're going to play in Dublin in which will be our deb- debut over there, which is I'm really looking forward to in September. You know, um, the fate's willing because uh, at the moment that's pretty opened up up there, and they are doing the gigs again from mid August. Mm. Uh, and hopefully, we can tie one in. In you know. Things willing again, you know, inshallah. Uh, we could tie one in in London and I want to appear in Derbyshire and at least do three and get play live. You know? Yeah, I get that. It's, I get been, that. It's, it's, it's hard. This is, I mean, for all of us. We, I think all three of us have now been in one place longer than we've been for 20 odd years. I've not used yeah. sitting in my house for, or and even. Certainly, I was working out, it's the longest I've not done a show since I was 10 years old. Wow. wow, well, that's that's uh, yeah, that's scary. That is scary, especially when you know how old I am. <laughs> well, we won't even go there, Kev. We won't even go there. Don't go there, mate. We won't even go, don't there. go there. So, yeah. so I mean, obviously, we're talking about your band, but you, you're quite an interesting character because of your background, and that obviously wasn't a, really aware of your previous background before Steve mentioned it and, and said it before. But mm-hmm. playing with people like Saxon, that's uh, I bet that was more, yeah, yeah, I've had a bit more very, rock and very... roll, wasn't it? Varied career, yeah. I, I've and I've been a long, long time friend of Graham Oliver, the guitarist from the original lineup, and mm. uh, uh, I played on his solo album. And um, in fact, we featured a track on our recent podcast that I co-wrote with him. And believe it or not, Jimi Hendrix. Right. No, <laughs> it, it was a bit of a name drop there. I know, it sounds, name drop. I know it sounds bizarre, <laughs> but it's true. And um, so, yeah, I've had a, a, an interesting very broad palette for my musical career and I, and I love that and I, I hope it also brings that that's what I can bring to the table with the long road because that the the sort of genre is, is something I hadn't really worked in before um and I think that the the reason it works with the long road is that uh Steve and Chris and I all bring three distinctly different flavors to the pot mm. as, as Steve often refers to it as a gumbo you know it's it's a bit like yes that, you know? yes 
Yes, and I've heard him say that. That's great. One, and you're right, and those different flavours and those different uh, things, re that recipe, putting it together, because the sound is different, yeah. isn't it? You're not playing, you're not playing, and that's why I like the genre of uh, country music, as well as some of the other genres. It's diverse, isn't it? It's not just one thing. It's not just... It is. There's a lot of treasures in, 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 in under that label, you know. There really is. Mm. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll have another track, and then we'll have a chat. We'll have a, have a little chat, more chat with Chris, and then we'll get back to a general one. So, the, if if people go find you, people can find you on Spotify and I, all the usual places, YouTube, uh, and one of your most your most successful track on uh, Spotify is the is it the Ballad of Dwayne and Billy Marie? Is it? Is that one? That's the one. That's the one. So I'll tell you what, we're going to spin that record as it were. <laughs>
Totally different to your uh, first track we played. I like that. That's, uh, I can see why that's uh, got quite a lot of streams because that's a good. That's good music. There changes a few times in it, the music and what have you, yeah. which is good. I think it's still got that thing about space. Yeah, it has. Yeah, it has. It's very different. If you played, I think if you, I think if you played that to anybody and said, <clears throat> what, "What genre do you think this is?" I wouldn't say country music. No. Yeah. No. Well, the the four tracks that are on this. The most recent EP, so ballad we just played and canyons we did, they've ended up sort of being a little bit of a pair, sort of they're in the same sort of you know, universe. There's they're that this expansive yeah uh, landscape kind of thing in my head, and then the other two, Moonshine Running and um, Silver Moon Silver Girl, are uh, they're, they're sort of they're in a different world. There, it's all part. It's all you, I, I hope you can tell it's all part of the same band. It's all part of the same yeah. Uh, thought process but they, they 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 do start to fall into these little sort of their own little camps of things um and for me again ballad was a great almost a surprise as to how it how it came out because again it was one of these ones that steve steve started off with the words i think and then kev took on the music until, until you start to hear it all come together you think i don't know where that I'm not quite sure where this one's where this yeah. one's going but again we 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 tried to keep it quite simple um, you could go in with both of these songs, Canyons and Ballad. You'd go in guns blazing, throwing all kinds of instruments at it, tricks, trying to do loads and loads of stuff. But actually, we kept we tried to keep it as as simple as we could, trying to create the world that we were that we were looking for. And certainly with Ballad in the studio, we just we did just a couple of things that we did. We thought that little riff there, that little you know that sound there, that's the bedrock of it. And then we you know put little colours in and little bits on top of it. It trundles along, but isn't it? It's, it's one of my it's one of my favourites. From my point of view, because I mean, I, I twenty years ago I did a music degree, so in theory I know about how music music is put together. Uh, and the brilliant thing about ballad is that there are some things in it which literally, to, you know, Bach would have been proud to have been breaking these rules. Beethoven would have would have bowed down at our feet <laughs> for the rules that we're breaking at the moment in that song. And the and I, mean, I remember sitting there in the studio and the Trying to work out, like Steve often casually asks me, "What are the chords for this bit, Bish?" And I'm like, "I don't, I don't know. I know I can tell you the notes I'm playing, but that doesn't necessarily mean that's what you, you know what instruments." Um, but there's some bits where it's like it's instinct taking over. It's not overthinking it, and it's not it's not knowing what you're doing, but it's instinct making making the the sound world. Uh, and I think that's for me that's terribly useful because I'm 
a terrible overthinking for for the sort of technicality of music. Um, whereas, I, I think what I bring to the party is my singular lack of musical <laughs> education. <laughs> Talent. It makes you good. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. Oh. It makes, it's absolutely freeing to not know what you're doing, isn't it, Steve? Yeah, absolutely. And, and, uh, and, and I think, again, that's one of the things, uh, one of the reasons I think that we that we three work quite well together is because we, we bring different musical uh, yeah. sort of backgrounds, um, but also sort of um, technical technical backgrounds as well, that we understand different things about how things work. And Steve is, Steve is very instinctive in how... He creates music. I'm a bit more methodical and technical, and Kev is somewhere in the middle. I think I, can, I think Kev brings in both sides of it, and it means that we get these weird little gems sometimes. I think, and I think you know, I think it's brilliant. I think I love it. <laughs> yeah, no, I like it too. I like it too, and you're right, and you do need that. And a successful team, band, or whatever, you need those different things, don't you? You need a bit of crazy. You need the, the stability. Yeah. You need the thinker. You need. The, you know, you need all yeah. that thrown together, and that's when it works, doesn't it? And often, like in ex you explaining that, what you're talking about, that song, keeping it simple, I think all too often in business and in and in uh, music, people make it, think they've got to throw everything at it. It's a bit like if you go to these meetings and they have a PowerPoint presentation and someone has all the whoosh, oh, yeah. the swooshes all and the, the sounds of them, and, and stop, so we don't need all that. Yeah. Just give us the essence yeah. of your message and a few little tricks on top. We're happy with that. Uh, and yeah. I like the way yeah. you said the bedrock and you, you, the language you're using fits the track and then your little colours. So you, you'd obviously, I was I was envisaging then the, the canyon and little you put in little... Um, Cactus and little things on yeah. the, on the road. I can see a long road now with all this stuff. I think the heart of what we're trying to do, Kev said it in the last uh, in a video or something, is that we're we're in the business of reimagining country music. Uh, Americana, you know, isn't a rule book. Oh, we didn't start off a rule book. It started no. off a bunch of people living in a hut or wherever, grabbing an instrument they happened to have, which thank God was a guitar, slightly more often than a banjo, and. Uh, and making the music out of where they came from and what it was all yeah. about. Yeah, and, yeah. And and I, I think we consciously want to kind of skip back to that bit. We want to go back to saying, well, let's make the music that's in our hearts and souls and bellies as, uh, rather than this is what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to have four chords in country music. Yeah. You know, it's supposed yeah. to be about those things. Yeah. Country music is a spirit to us, not a... I like it, and it's, so it's not, almost not, not a recipe or not a prescription. It's almost yeah. got a folk feel. Sportsman's got a folk feel to it, and you know, I, I love new country. I love old stuff. I love bluegrass. I love all of it. You know what I mean? And I do like a, a lot of the modern stuff. You're right. Is like uh, you know, I went down the old dirt road with my coffee cup and my da da da. That those lyrics are put in there, and there's a certain vibe and a certain feel to it. If you play music from now that's been released now. You can tell it's from now, as well as if you if you play country music from say two thousand. There's a totally mm. different vibe to it, a totally different feel to where it where it is. But yours yeah. is yours is almost gone like to a more like telling stories, like a folk like folk stories. Uh, you know? If you're not careful, yeah. it's a narrative that captures you. You know, we're living in the times of you know, you know the the protests and things. You know, and country music wasn't white blues music you know that's another of the myths that's been kind of created about it it was another expression of working people in a particular part of the world and you know yeah. and it wasn't you know that narrow thing it, it's 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 become and 
we miss out. We miss the joy of it if we don't go back to that and think, well, you know, it, it is how I feel today. <laughs> yeah. Even if it's lying on a settee with a cocoa. Yeah. <laughs> and, that, and that's an interesting you've talked about that because I've just recently done another interview with a rapper from New York and he talked. we talked about the blues and we talked yeah. about the blues went off in two different directions. One was country and one was yeah. rap and yeah. rock and roll, rock and roll. And then that went to hip hop and and then and reggae and all the rest of it. And it's a very, it's very interesting because country music as the feel you sort of you associate country music with like you know where it's nashville and texas and yeah. all yeah. that sort of yeah. desert thing and uh it, it's then, very... you know you've got people early on you know like willie nelson who, who really rejected that and you know tried to you know didn't get involved with the nashville thing you know mm. went off to austin or wherever and but you know to me the, one of the great country writers and is, is chuck berry yeah yeah, he was writing Absolutely. about his world and his places and his towns and his life and using the stuff that around him. You know, mm. uh, he's a he's he's the poet laureate of American music. Yeah, yeah. I think it is all about storytelling and uh, you know not not only with the lyrics but with our job with the instrumentation is to serve the song. You know, I, I always say the song is king, and uh, you you can also tell part of the story with the atmosphere you create around the lyric mm. and uh, i think we we explore that quite a lot especially on the recent stuff we've done we're we're not overly hung up on whether we can really pinpoint what our music is i mean yes. we, we, we sometimes have to for you know when we're uploading to itunes and you've got to pick a category for it to go into yeah, and, yeah. And I, I, I think country is on there now but so when we, when me and Steve started putting music on iTunes, the genre did not exist for what we were trying to do, and, and back then me and Steve didn't know what we were trying to do either. But even now, you know, we, there isn't a proper, there isn't a slot for the stuff that we're making, and actually that's fine because people find music in different ways these days. It's not, I, I, mean, I said this on our on our podcast a few weeks ago that you don't you don't go to HMV anymore and look at the the racks of CDs in there, yeah. you know the. The jazz section, the folk section, the country, the classic—you you, just—I just don't think that happens anymore. Uh, I think people find things um, much more uh, sort of in a scattergun approach, um, and I don't think people are that bothered about what they like anymore. They just like what they like. Um, yeah, it's a good, it's a good point. It's just, a good point. It's a, a valid point, and that's one I like. What you've said there, because Dougie Stone Radio was set up to to showcase emerging artists, emerging presenters, as well as some of the stuff that people knew. And we've people struggle sometimes, and we struggle with it for quite some time. And I think you, my guys, might be the same. Where we're saying, "What's our what's our identity? What's what full genre should we focus on?" And I often say. Well, actually, to myself and the rest of the team, what music do you like? Yeah, do you like a bit of country? Do you like a bit of pop? Do you like a bit of hip hop? Do you like a bit of blues? Do you like, yeah, right. So if we like that, then everyone else should. Then there's another group of people that don't just want to listen to indie or folk or country. They want a, they want a bit of a melting pot of different things, and I think that's why. Um, we're not a genre. We're not a genre station. We're a, we're an. And at the end of the day, a, a good song is a good song. Correct. You know? Exactly. Exactly. And, and it doesn't matter. It is sometimes being provoked yourself into listening to something that you wouldn't think that you'd like. Mm. 
Yeah, ex- um, yeah, yeah, def- most and definitely. And that's happened That's happened with the station because, the, you know, one of the presenters does a blues show, and when he said he was he was doing a rock show, and then he said, I've changed my show, it's going to be... And when he said he was going to do blues, I'm like, oh, d- no, just like, no, it's not. Anyway, he did, he did it. This is in my head, I'm thinking, oh, no. Do you know what? It's one of the best shows on the station because he goes to all different places, and it's not... Because they're very rigid, aren't they? These genres are very rigid. Rock, blues... And then straight yeah. away you think yeah. of it's going to be it's going to be about this country. Oh, it's a banjo. Someone talking about his his dog's died and his wife's left him. And uh, it's not that, is it? It's not that. No. And it's wonderful. It's, I think it's that's so funny. When uh, I was to doing a little for one of Chris does these great podcasts, and I was I was talking about my years in in folk music. And uh, the first time we went into a studio, I, my mate Tim was a brilliant fiddler, and uh, we we recorded this instrumental and in in, in, in uh, folk dance music or art, traditional folk music you have an a part and a b part so that you play the a part for eight bars or whatever and twice and then you do the b part and um what he did when he recorded it was uh is he played when he was doing the b part he continued to play the a part very quietly underneath what an interesting creative act i thought that sounds really really cool you thought we'd gone mooning with the Pope. I'm not joking when it hit the radio stations. I mean, it, you know, in, not quite death threats, but it was completely out of the lunch. I'm writing that quote down. Mooning with the Pope. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the next a, album title, that, Steve. That's the <laughs> quote, quote of the day. But I get it. And and all, a lot of the time it takes it takes people uh, and like yourselves and other bands to push against the, the what is expected because if you don't things don't evolve and don't change, do they? So uh, if you yeah, push back true. you know, you yeah. have to break the mould, don't you? To Otherwise, we'd still be listening to big band sounds, wouldn't we? If people hadn't gone and made rock and roll or whatever, we'd still be listening and to. And the rules, the rules are just weird things. I mean, I was, uh, I was having in discussion with the BBC last week because they don't play our music very much. And, More um, fool them. Uh, and uh, they said, "Well, it's too long." You know, our tracks tend to be four plus minutes. Yeah. We don't play stuff, and I get the argument. We don't play stuff much over three minutes. I thought we'd broken that rule back with yeah. Bohemian Rhapsody and John Miles' music or whatever it was. You know, I thought we'd broken that rule, but quietly it's been reinstated. Don't play stuff to the BBC because uh, yeah. of their schedules and things. There's more than three minutes, which rules out most of our songs. Well, that, that is absolutely bonkers, isn't it? That might be a fob your off story, but that's bonkers because... And that proves it's not about the music; it's about the, what the what the message and the presenters, isn't it? Our, our you know, I play, yes, I did, a, I, I do, I do some shows, and you know, we'll play nine, a nine minute track and just let it rock. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because yeah. that is the track. So what? It's not just it's not filler. That was what the artists, you know, wanted to do. Sometimes we cut them down, we'll play it and cut it down. But we, I think that's a ludicrous way of looking at three minutes. Yeah, but it's it's funny these rules keep coming back all the yeah. time. No. Oh, it's like Chris was saying, you know, there are musical rules, which fortunately I have managed to live my entire life in complete ignorance of. <laughs> all I know, all I know is I've done something wrong is when Chris raises one of his eyebrows. <laughs> I always like the quote from Andy Partridge of XTC when he was asked to describe their music. And he said, we look for those dark, dirty corners of your guitar 
where people don't go and we go there. Yeah. <laughs> that is that is that's quite I, powerful, isn't it? That yeah. is quite powerful. It is, yeah, yeah. No, they were great band, Court in MXTC. Yeah. They were very different, weren't they? They were, they were brilliant. Yeah. Love them. I love, I do. Brilliant. Absolutely wonderful. I'll tell you what we'll do. We better add, because uh, because for the show, we said we'd pick, pick another track. We've got another one of yours, which is called Wrapped Up In You. Yeah? So uh, yeah. We'll, have yeah. a look, we'll have a little listen to this. I'll, uh, I'll put the needle on the record, as it were. Lay down my gun, the long day was done, I was looking to lighten the load Stopped rolling dice, I learned to think twice, I said goodbye to the road Wrapped up in you, wrapped up in you, wrapped up in you, wrapped up in you When you came into view, it was all I could do to stand up and open the gate Something I would find would do things to my mind Gave up all resistance to my fate Wrapped up in you Wrapped up in you Wrapped up in you Toe tap of that one, isn't it? 
<laughs> I like that. I like that. That's really cool. I know. I know. That's uh, well. That's popular as well. And I like it where the harmonies come in and that's up. You've got you singing, and then you've got yeah. the extra yeah, yeah. level on level yeah. layer on top. It's good that. I don't... When when he wrote that, Steve, when Steve came up with that, I just went single, single yeah. that one. Yeah, yeah, and and you, you've kept it to yeah. just over three minutes. You've done well there. Yeah, should be on, yeah. Should be on the BBC. Three minutes twenty. Get on to him yeah. now. Whispering Bob Harris. You can play this. It's three minutes twenty. More fool them. More fool them. That's all I can say. Yeah. <laughs> wonderful. Yeah, I like that. It's a great track. Wonderful. Wonderful no, track. It's a, it's a, like an accidental one. Mm. Uh, but but the, the harmonies are, are really exciting. I, I mean, the harmonies are, are, are Chris and Kev. And, and and they they snuck them into the sound when I went out one day. I made the mistake <laughs> of leaving the studio one night. I, I think I went down to see somebody in London, and uh, and I got yeah, back. Never leave us unsupervised. They were like, they were like naughty schoolboys. They were giggling, and uh, <laughs> and then they played me this track off the uh, Rattlesnake album, and mm. it sounded like you know Freddie Mercury and his gang had turned up overnight. It was brilliant. I love it now. I love it now. But well, it, and, and that one. It, that one of out of the tracks that we've played, of the three tracks we've played on the show, one you don't have to think about, do you? Does that make sense to me as a listener? Yeah, exactly, I don't have yeah. to think no, about it's that. It's a yeah. open you, yeah. wrapped up in you. Yeah. I don't have to think about, oh, what's he said there and what's yeah. he said there. It's like, oh, brilliant, wrapped up in I'll bang that on. That's a real good, you know. It's, ho it's, it's hooky. It's straight hooky. away, straight away. I have to be, yeah. that, that head, that's in my head now. That, that the yeah. And I'm glad you were naughty school boys because I like, I do like that. I like what we've done with that. <laughs> because <laughs> I was sat in my studio here and I was tapping away my foot was going and boom, boom, going to the beat it's got that beat that you can really get behind and you, it's yeah. sometimes we I've said this I've spoke about this with other, with another artist the other week that you don't have to think about it it's just like yeah, yeah. let's just get it on it's different yeah, uh, we always get there's always a, a couple of songs like that that just that just come through with us you know and and they are what they are and the, and and you you sort of know instinctively not not to do too much with them they they work you know yeah. yeah definitely wonderful i love it i love it well so what's what's next on the you've obviously got some other you've got you're trying to get to do some gigs when everyone can go gigging and we're all looking we're all looking for forward yeah. to going to gigs as well so are you working on new have you been working on new music while you've been uh while the current situation's been on what have you been up to yeah we've done a little bit haven't we steve yeah well we're still, we've got the next two eps recorded wow so the idea is the next one. Well, it's all got up in the air now. I don't know. We, funny, we might have this conversation later on today. The next one's due out in July. Uh, so we recorded 15 tracks altogether, which were, were basically ideas to release them over a year. Mm -hmm. So the the, the, uh, the last one, EP Moonshine Energy, that had four on, that came out in late April, was it? Yeah. And then the idea was we'd do another in July and one in September, October. So we're still going to do that. I mean, they're all recorded. It's, it's. I'm really excited about them. We've got to go and build some videos. That's, uh, you know, that's because yeah. you can't do anything without video. I mean, one learning is you need you need videos uh, these mm. days to make things work. And so, and I'm I'm lucky because I again the guys I these two guys are actually really good at producing videos. So Brilliant. we've got that to do. We've got we're building. Uh, Chris's podcasts every week, which we Kevin and I send our little contributions into, and I do recommend you go and find the last one because I, I do think uh, they're all brilliant. But 
the last one does have probably the rarest Jimi Hendrix song in the world on. Funny because I'm I'm thinking of things to talk about and I ask you questions. You answered and you come up with a valid, one of my questions really was what <laughs> what advice for people that are going into the music industry now because you guys have obviously been around a while. I'm yeah, I'm not you know you have yeah. you know you've not been around well. Put it that way. You've not just started, have you? T- a couple of years ago, you've been around more than more than a decade. Yeah, yeah. I'm not being okay. ages, dear, but I'm just making an assumption. You've been around longer, yeah. And, yeah. yeah. So yeah. things have changed, moved on, haven't they? It's totally, totally different to what it was even even ten years ago. But go back twenty years. Uh, it, it was a really simple life in the eighties. I, I mean, Chris probably has got more insight on this because he's been doing a lot of sort of background stuff on it. But in the eighties, it was quite straightforward. You know, you can make a decent living and actually not be particularly famous. I mean, I, we, we did it. You know, we I was doing the, the folk clubs and you know music clubs, and you you get a decent amount of money. In fact, probably about the same as you get now. And you'd sell a box of albums each gig mm. uh, it was an okay life really and i'm sure kev had much the same experience you know um but, but even bigger nowadays it's it's harder you you one sense the, the thing that's undermined it because it's got easier at the front end you know the big deal was to get a record deal but now mm. that's it's irrelevant to be frank you know where the yeah. other record now there's so much noise in the market uh you have to keep a huge amount of perseverance really uh to keep going and you're going to make your money from because you get youtube advertising oh yeah i mean there's the, part of the part of the reason that, that we're doing these four eps over the course of the year rather than one big album a lot of people in the industry are basically saying look the things have changed and people don't the, the interest in an album has changed i think i think i think there are still some people who say yes i would like an album i want a physical but actually i think most most people don't consume music like that even if there is a an artistic reason for there being twelve, you know, ten, twelve, fifteen songs in one one place, one one yeah. bucket, market forces these days just don't bear it out. And I think you could expend a lot of time, energy, and and money on putting out a, a twelve track album that gets as much interest as you would if you just put out a single mm. or an EP. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and so we've, we've, we've spoken before, have, haven't we, about that? About the uh, the first time I noticed this model was with Joe Bonamassa's manager and how he was releasing things at an incredible rate. Yeah. Which at, at the time I thought, what that was all about. Oh. But then I realised he was never out of the news. He always had something going on, and that's kind of what we're trying to do with the yeah. um, slow release of the EPs. You know. It makes- Oh, they're always being something new to, to talk about, and it actually yeah. helps. It helps our focus as well because rather than thinking, okay, we've got one product with twelve little sub things. Right now, we've got one product with four little sublines, yeah. uh, and we can vote and, and we can spend a couple of weeks on each song or whatever. And, and actually, it sort of helps us to divvy up the work in our own heads in a way. Over the course of the year, we'll have well from October last year through October this year, we'll have four EPs, fifteen brand new songs released uh, and we'll have, we'll have hopefully have been in people's consciousnesses pretty consistently throughout that whole year uh, yeah. rather than a big peak which we could have had back in uh, March or whatever or April mm-hmm. releasing a big you know 12 track album so we're trying mm-hmm. it and we'll see what happens and um, we'll just you know we'll see <laughs> that that is that is really interesting and, and definitely a good tip for people because in the industry is very noisy we're always looking to see what's coming out 
and you know if you go onto itunes or spotify or wherever or youtube you know you get this is the i always look to see what the latest releases are eddie eddie does a show with the latest tracks have been released now if you released the album in october yeah, it, would it, fall, it would fall you would fall off our radar but if you release another yeah. ep next month because i'm following you say on spotify or itunes it'll go boom oh your yeah. fa one of your favorite artists has released yeah. some so i mean I think, just imagine with with the advent of the virus you know if we'd release the album uh, your tour gets stopped and yeah. you've got nothing else to say, you know. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. You, you, you can't go out and gig it. Well, I was going to loads of events that the, that various people in the industry were putting on. The, one of the people there was basically dance music, basically. So music that clubs play and mixes. And they were basically saying, look, our artists are putting out a new mix. Okay, different world to us because it's a, yeah. it's not, not necessarily creating their own music, but their own mix of music. They're putting out a new thing which gets interest every two weeks. Yeah. So they, they spend a week basically marketing it, then they spend a week making the next one. They just keep on churning and churning and churning. Uh, and okay, that's that's quite perhaps an extreme, that's, that's on the likes of people who are, you know, you hear about people who make 59 second songs now. Yeah. Because that, that's how long a, a video is on Instagram, 50 seconds of a video on Instagram. And some people are making their careers out of doing that. Uh, and I'm not disparaging it, that's, that's, their, that's the way they're doing Different, it. Different, isn't it? Different. It's an extreme way of doing it. We could be stuck in, you know, back in the olden days and releasing, you know, 12 track albums and doggedly trying to stick to how things were. But actually, that doesn't work either. Those two extremes are uh, middle ground. They're, they're extremes. So we're trying somewhere in the middle. And it might be that next year, forget about EPs and it's all just singles. We yeah. release a single every month. Who knows? Um, and it, and, it, and that, that might be the way it goes. From me, from me, I'm always looking for what's new. And that'd be perfect for me because you keep popping up every week and go, oh, here's a new trap yeah. for them. Here's a new trap yeah. for them. Even the creations that we're making, it's, we're, not just, we're not just doing this music. I mean, we, it's the music and the podcast. Um, and just the, I mean, we call it the Vagabond Way. The Vagabond Way is the name of the, pod, the podcast. Yeah. Um, and just this approach to making stuff. And we're just, and it's just a way of trying to be present in mm. people's consciousness all the, all the time. We hope with stuff that people like. We're not just pumping stuff out there because it's some big vanity project. It's because we, we hope that people actually like it and are entertained, entertained by it and yeah. Uh, maybe a bit provoked by it, sparks off some thoughts or some, you know, just something. R rather than these huge peaks and troughs of lots of activity and then nothing, just trying to keep it ticking along. And, you know, it's going pretty well so far. You know, we've had okay. the, 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 the hits on Spotify are like the biggest successes we've, Wonderful. We've, had, we've ever had. So we'll just keep on chipping away at it. And whatever the industry is has become over the last 10 years and will become because of coronavirus, We'll just keep on rolling with it and see. Good. And see what happens. I think there's a there's a double win. We this is like really off the hot off the press because, and I get obsessed with looking at the numbers that now turn because that's the way you, you can see yeah. how you're doing a good job. What I've noticed in the last month is that this idea of continually refreshing that Chris was talking about not only is good, but it actually starts to have a big effect on some of the other stuff that you've done in the past. Because mm. people, people then go, look, so, for instance, Wrapped Up In You, which probably peaked November, wasn't November it? is still our mm. second, is still each week being listened to, our second most listened to track. We've not promoted it. We've not talked about it. It just, week in, week out, a yeah. thousand odd people yeah. listen to it. And, 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 that, yeah. and then last week, somebody had been there, put a track I, I wrote years ago, called uh, London Midnight Talking, 
And that week, that suddenly became our second big, you know, for a few days, a few, you know, our second biggest list, most listened to track. So mm. it's, it, it's an interesting world. It, 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 you, you've got to keep the faith and not go mad because we failed at that second bit. <laughs> <laughs> we're, all, we're all mad and all the, all the best people, I think, are a bit crazy. There's a, there's a fine line between genius and... And being absolutely off your off your trolley, I've really enjoyed talking to you and understand getting to know you. And I hope people Likewise. that are listening or discover this at some point in the future go away and try and find a little bit more about you guys because I think you're an interesting group of individuals who come together to create this this thing you create. You know, I think it's great. Yeah, and that's not a derogative thing. I'm just saying it's this create. You know, you're creating something that's yeah, unique. That's unique to you guys. It's not. Um, yeah, yeah. It's not prescriptive, yeah. is it? So, uh, where can people find you? You know, if you're looking uh, on Facebook or Spotify or whatever, search for Steve Bonham and the Long Road. If you're looking for the podcast. It come, we we post it under the Steve Bonham and the Long Road page. Um, if you're looking on um, Apple Podcasts or Spotify for the podcast. It's called The Vagabond Way, youtube.com slash The Vagabond Way. Uh, and we've got all our music videos and stuff on, on there. So, um, yeah, check it out and, you know, see if it, see if it floats your boat. Wonderful. Well, it floats my boat, and I definitely know that. So I really, <laughs> enjoy, I really enjoy it, and I wish you all the success. Looking forward to seeing you back on the road. And if you're in yeah, any location yeah. to where I am, I'm going to try, do my damnedest to come and see you. I've got so many artists to go and see. It's unbelievable. <laughs> I'll, be, I'll, I'll never be at home if I have to go and watch everyone. It's crazy. <laughs> uh, but it's been. Thank you for giving me your time and your uh, your thoughts you. and being very Our open. Pleasure. Being very open and candid about what you do, where you come from, why, why you're doing it. So I, I, it's been pleasure, it's been wonderful um, for me. Great, thanks, Dave. Cheers. Take care, mate. Another interview done. That was Steve Bonham and The Long Road. That was a great interview. Really nice to speak to him. There will be a video that accompanies this. If you go to DougieStoneRadio.com, there should be a blog on there with all the information. And this audio as well. You've been listening to... Oh, yeah. This has been recorded for Dougie Stone Radio. If you don't listen on SoundCloud, please subscribe. Or why not hop over to DougieStoneRadio.com or say Alexa, open internet radio. Uh, also, go and check out Ken Meekin's page, which is Country Music Social Media. He showcases amazing artists like Steve Bonham and The Long Road. Until next time, stay safe. See ya. Enjoyable and relationship-driven business networking from B2B networking events. Feeling alone and frustrated with the current business climate? Looking to grow your local and national business connections? At B2B Networking Online, we understand how important it is to stay connected and have vowed that nobody should feel alone in these challenging times. To join B2B Networking Online, visit www.b2bnetworkingevents.com and sign up for a free week's trial or call 0333 344 9044.